Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Spotify, we're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. We're also on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net there every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We had like eight shows going there today, so make sure you subscribe. We're just sort of nudging over 11,000 subscribers. Catch the Dolphins free agency show, the free agent blitz that they did today. Of course, you can catch Clutch Corner, Floor's Yours, Before Floor, and all the other heat products that we put over there. And FiveReasonsSports.com, spell it out, F-I-V-E, ReasonsSports.com for all of your latest written Miami Heat content from Brady Hawk and others for free. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including one of our longest-standing sponsors, Big Miami sports fans, the folks over at Seltzer Mayberg. These are attorneys that can help you with just about anything. You've got immigration, real estate, sports law. They do all of it. Specifically, though, we talk about if you've been hurt in a car accident or slip and fall, definitely, definitely call them at 855-5000-LAW. That's 855-5000-LAW or go to onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com. If you mention five reasons, you'll get a free consultation they got 24-7 availability. They'll make sure to work directly with an attorney, that you work directly with an attorney to get you the compensation that you need. Okay, so go say hello to Eric or Cassandra, uh, Mendy. Everybody down there does a great job. And again, they handle all kinds of law in this beautiful new office in North Miami, right south of the Golden Glades, right off of I-95. So again, it's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Offices. They handle cases from all over the state. You can specialize here in South Florida, 855-5000-LAW or onecalllegal.com. And now, tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. The Miami Heat finally lose. Uh, it's been a pretty great run for the Heat of late, but they lose a close one in Memphis. Just never really got going offensively tonight, even though they held Memphis down in that fourth quarter, had a bad third quarter, and they essentially lose on a John Morant uh, driving layup. Some offense, some defensive rebounding problems down the stretch and just some shooting problems throughout Alex. And, and, you know, I want to get into that a little bit because I don't want to overreact to one game here because, again, second night of a back to back on the road, bit of a tired team. We're going to talk about the Trevor Ariza acquisition, but he's not there yet. We're going to get to that to the second the second part of the episode. But also, as much as we can just chalk it up and say this is a team that's been playing well, Jimmy's carried them a lot. Um, tonight, they didn't have a Linux, which I thought really hurt them because he picked up three fouls early and then early and very early first minute of the third quarter, he picked up his fourth, which essentially rendered him pretty useless for most of the rest of the game. There is a consistent pattern here, Alex, which is they're just not getting the consistent shooting in particular from their core guards that they got last year. There'll be moments like Dragic, you know, having 20 in the fourth or hero had a pretty good fourth quarter tonight but it's not sustained. And then there's a lot of open ones that have been missed this year. It feels like a lot more than last year. Do you notice that? And what do you attribute it to? Well, it's definitely been a thing. I, I think it's just kind of been something that's been happening all season. Where like, uh, like we already know what they're kind of set up to do, right? Ever since last season, we, this is a team that is constantly looking to set up 
open jumpers for their shooters. And last year they were pretty solidly the best three point shooting team or one of the top three three point shooting teams for the entire season. It was a sustained thing for the entire season, even, you know, before Jay Crowder got super, super hot. Like that was what they were really good at. And it just has not been the case this year. I think teams have scouted, have adjusted and, you know, pretty much set it up so that they're constantly looking to take away the open jumpers that the Heat were creating last year. And, you know, I can't get into exactly how they're defending the Heat that makes it so much difficult to come up with these jumpers. But it's just true because like you like you're saying in every one of these games, like you're getting one guy who who's feels it for a quarter or two. Another guy will just have, you know, two or three guys will have off games. They're not really like the shooting part. Like there's something off there. It's not nearly as as explosive as a weapon as it was last year. And I was looking at the stats again and, you know, they're just kind of been middle of the pack in three point shooting this year. And that's I think that's a problem because, you know, that kind of puts more pressure on Jimmy and Bam to create their own shot and do their own thing. And I think that's kind of the next part of this, right, is do they need another guy who can collapse and who can create a shot for others? Because, like, Goron really can't collapse defenses anymore. Tyler needs a screen to be able to do stuff. So they're good players, but they're not consistently doing that that part of the, the offense. Well, and it felt, too, tonight, like Jimmy – Although I thought Jimmy played well. He wasn't as dominant as he's been of late. And it did feel like, you know, he forced some threes. I mean, he was two of six from three. He made his first couple. Sometimes that's the worst thing. We used to see that with Dwayne. Dwayne would make he one or two early. He took six threes tonight. Them. Yeah, I mean, he took a bunch, and it almost felt like he was compensating for others. You mentioned Goran, and, and I do think that that is a bit of a concern here. Um, even that sort of electric fourth quarter he had, I guess it's now three games ago, and I think he's four of 26 since, it was all jumpers. Um, if you looked at the stat, at the shot chart, it wasn't anything like him getting to the rim. It was, it was everything kind of, you know, elbows in beyond. And, you know, although he's become a very good knockdown shooter there over the course of his career, and he can shoot either off the catch or, or creating it himself, and that step back is something obviously he can go to, you know, you like to see it where he's getting to the rim a little bit more often because he's been historically such a great finisher. He had no legs tonight. Uh, there was there's just no jump from him. And again, it's a flight. It's a second night of a back to back. He's in his mid 30s, but we've got to evaluate it for what it is. I mean, Duncan Robinson tonight had open threes. We've talked about him not getting opportunities for threes. He had open threes and he was visibly upset at himself for not making them hero. Had good moments in the fourth in particular. He didn't do anything until then and then came up short on a couple and then took a really bad shot from the corner. Um, and none has pretty much been non-existent now for what, two weeks, Alex? Like he had that great month and it's like now he's regressed back to the mean a little bit. So you're talking about their core guards. I know this is going to raise the Oladipo conversation, obviously, among others. You know, Avery Bradley coming back is not going to solve this problem like it would solve their point of attack problems, but that they've actually done pretty damn well lately. Right. So I, I, there, I mean, it's either they figure it out with the group that they have um, so that there isn't so much pressure on Jimmy or they'll have to bring in somebody else. Cause I, Avery Bradley's not solving this. Yeah. You're right about that part. Like Avery Bradley is going to be there specifically for the perimeter defense. But like you said, the defense just hasn't been their problem. And although, you know, their point of attack defense isn't something that's been completely short up. Their whole defense has just been good as a as a result, right? Like uh, their whole defense, team defense has been very connected. And so I don't know that Avery would even get a lot of playing time. I guess we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode. The fact that the rotation is going to be, 
there's going to be a question about that. But as far as what you're talking about here with the guards, like, it's just true. Like Kendrick Nunn has gone back to uh, not how he was before. I'm not going to say that. He, I, I still think he's a competent starter in general, but uh, he cooled down a little bit. I do think you have a point there about Goran. Like, I, I just think he's kind of in that mode now where Dwayne was getting to in those last uh, couple of years in his career, where it's like, he can still give it to you, just not on a consistent basis where like, I don't think Goran, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's an overreaction, but, is it fair to say, like, Goran really can't – do not you think he can give you that type of production that he gave you in the bubble on a consistent basis if he wanted not to? Not consistently, no. And I also think that if you look back at it, the bubble situation was ideal for him because as an older player – Those legs were feeling good. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is travel, right? Like, I mean, he had more time – to get his body right because they had nowhere to go. <laughs> like literally they were in the bubble the whole time. So when you wanted treatment, you got treatment, right? When you needed just to relax, you relax. Like there's not the other stuff that you deal with just in daily life as somebody in your mid thirties. And then add to that the travel piece of this and then the increase in the back to backs. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, they want more depth. And that is why you know, Avery Bradley can help them with that. Okay. Because he'll add another guard to the rotation and possibly shave, you know, four or five more minutes out of Dragic's sort of nightly toll. But again, there have to be moments where he has that burst. And I'm with you. I, I think he can do it for a quarter now. I don't think he can do it for a half for a game or back-to-back games. It just, it doesn't seem like it's there. Now, maybe later in the season, and again, remember, he had a short off season. He had the injury. We didn't even know if he was going to be healthy from to start training camp. And so some of this is added up. So I do think that's why there was more of a lean on Hero earlier this season. But Tyler doesn't do, it, it seems like Tyler waits for the fourth now. <laughs> and and then it's like, it does gets magnified when he does something wrong. And then Kendrick, again, there has been some regression to the mean. Duncan is not an explosive player. We know that. But, you know, he's going to make some threes, and, and he made some tonight, but he missed more than he made, obviously. And, and so, you know, again, it does raise the question, is the player on the roster? Now, we're going to pivot here because I don't want to overfocus on this. I'll ask you one question on this game, and then I think we'll, we'll move on from it. they got a big set against Indiana coming up this weekend, obviously the Friday or Sunday games, where they can kind of bury Indiana a little bit. But – I did want to ask you because we have to get to it. Justice played against the Heat tonight. I think this is his 10th game he's played. What did you think of him with, with Memphis tonight? Yeah, I mean, he didn't look like awesome tonight. That's for sure. I think he still does his thing on defense, and that's pretty much what his value is in the NBA right now. I mean, he, the jumper was just not there. <laughs> and getting back into talking about Justice jumper a year later is just <laughs> funny to me. But, uh, yeah, like I, I wasn't really particularly impressed with anything he did tonight. I, I, I don't even know how he would fit on this Heat roster if we were acting. You know, we're talking, going to talk about him like how he would um, contribute here. I just, I don't know. Like I just think the rotation is kind of all over the place right now. I think Justice played all right, but I do want to say one thing about the way that game ended. Mm-hmm. What, what was up with that last possession? Like I don't understand what happened. I don't know what when that jaw got to the line. Like why was Jimmy? Okay, Jimmy was defending him by the from a side, even though like Ja has the speed advantage. Mm-hmm. Didn't cut off, didn't cut him off. Um, and, and Bam was not on the back line, so that whole that whole possession was weird to me. I just wanted to say that. Well, there were two straight possessions that were weird because the inbounds. I, I don't know what it was that Memphis took away. I mean, they were clearly active there, but there had to be a better option than Bam throwing a lob over the top to Jimmy. Uh, I, you know, they, I mean. 
It was a complete miscommunication. Like, I don't even think Jimmy was expecting that pass. Like, no, he, he, was, he no. already looked at himself like, oh, no, they cut me off. No, he wasn't. Yeah, no, they cut off everything. I mean, they did a good job. Look, I do think Memphis, um, the, the times I've seen them over the past couple of years, Taylor Jenkins can coach. Like, I, he, he's one of the sort of the under-the-radar coaches. They went through a lot of struggle, obviously. I mean, they still don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, they, they Brandon Clark got off to a slow start this season. Ja got hurt for about three or four weeks. And so, you know, the fact that they're still in the mix here to me is impressive. They've got a young team with not a whole bunch of vets. And, and I think they've done a really good job and they are well coached. They're disciplined. Um, but but still, I mean, Created their it, vets for justice. Yeah, well, I just I don't I just don't th- I don't know. It, it just it didn't work. I mean, usually Spolstra's inbounds plays, you know, have some creativity to them. I was trying to figure out I'll rewatch it, you know, what it is exactly that they took away. But it, it seemed like they took away everything. And you're right. Jimmy was not looking for that. So there were two straight bad possessions. But again, you know, sometimes we dwell on the end of these games and they did get themselves back into it. But if they just make three more open jumpers in that game, which they had plenty of them in the fourth, they win. So, yep. so I, I don't want I mean, I think, you know, we can talk about some. Pro- I don't think they've had a ton of problems down the stretch of games lately. So I don't want to overfocus on that to me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The problem that's been more consistent has been they have guys who last year were pretty much knockdown shooters who have not been to that level of knockdown shooter this year. And that does again, raise the question of if that player is out there. Now, by the way, that player is not Victor Oladipo. Um, but you're right about the fact that Oladipo could collapse a defense and maybe make it easier for these guys, but they still got to make the shots. You know, that's, yeah. that, that's the thing. And it just hasn't happened. All right. We're going to talk about the Ariza acquisition here in a second. Before we do want to tell you about Chase Signs, you know, successful businesses and organizations require quality signs and graphics for a professional look and to entice customers. That's why people are turning to Chase Signs and Graphics. With more than 15 years of experience designing, building, and installing signs, Chase Signs and Graphics is an end-to-end solution for your signage needs, providing everything from graphic design to productions to installation. They offer a variety of custom products that includes building signs, banners, vehicle graphics, lobby signs, indoor signs, monument signs, and more. And their friendly staff will schedule a site visit and have an estimate ready within 48 hours. They serve all of Broward County. Chase Signs and Graphics does. It's all the way from Deerfield down to the Miramar Pines, Hollywood area. If you need professional signage to help your business organization stand out, call today. 954-257-1828. That's 954 954- 257-1828 or check out Signs Broward on Twitter. All right, we talked about this already on the YouTube channel, but you didn't have a chance to have your say there. I did a video and then we talked about it on Before Floor, the acquisition of Trevor Ariza, longtime Heat target, nearly signed with him in 2014 before the Heat signed Luol Deng. Um, basically at the time, I mean, I've talked about this before, but uh, Ariza wanted four years. The Heat basically gave three years to Luol Deng. Ariza took the four years from Houston. I think it was four for 32. Luol took three for 30. Um, but they've always, we always talk about this. The Heat come back to players 
that they've wanted before. It's a consistent pattern. When you start talking about some of the guys that are out there now, like a Rudy Gay, keep that in some context because that's something that's happened many times. It happened with Iguodala and Crowder, um, and it's and it happened now with Trevor Reza. He's been working out in Miami, has not played this season. Uh, he's been working out with Remy Workouts, which a lot of people know that he players have been with in the past. Um, and this is a guy, and, and he is, and I talked about this the other night, it's kind of the Shane Battier theory. Shane used to talk about, I'd be useless on a bad team um, because my skill set is not of any value to a bad team because they'd expect me to do things that I'm not capable of doing on a good team. I have value Trevor Reese. And remember Shane is in the heat front office. Now Trevor Reese is that kind of player last year. He split his time between Sacramento and Portland. He shot under close to 35% in Sacramento. He shot 49% in Portland as a starter for the entire time that he was there and hasn't been in the playoffs in three years, but when he's been in the playoffs, 90% of the time he has started games. A, do you like this trade, which is Myers Leonard and a 2027 second round pick for Ariza? Second, how do you think he fits? And then the other thing I want to point out are Adam Barai reported, and then I added to it, um, that the Heat were in on PJ Tucker, but essentially the Rockets wanted Akpala, KZ. Um, the Heat were not going to trade KZ Akpala for, for Tucker. And so basically they moved on to trade him to Milwaukee and the Heat got Ariza. So all three of those things. Do you like the trade? How do you think he fits? And would you have given up Akpala for Tucker? Man, that's a that's a loaded one right there. But honestly, I'm here to answer all three of them. I really did like this trade. I was glad to see once the details were revealed that it was a 2027 second round pick because who even knows if we're going to be alive by then. But <laughs> really, I just think Trevor Reza. Well, like you're younger than me. The chant, the odds are better for you. So I'll say that. We'll see. Me, but, I don't know. <laughs> but Trevor Reza, to me, like I said on last night's pod, uh, like I, I just think he's such a good fit for that role that, you know, the Heat have been looking for ever since Crowder walked and they missed out on Morris and the Moharkless experience didn't work out is that hole at the four. And I'm not saying that this guy solves all of your problems, but he is absolutely, you know, he fills right into that slot as a guy who's like six, nine. I think he weighs at around two fifteen. He's looking a little lean. And I think, so he's, he's not as strong as Jay Carter was, but he does have the height advantage and he definitely has the length advantage. I know uh, I'm not sure of Crowder's wingspan right now, but Ariza's is seven two. And he, you know, he's a guy who's always been a very good defender in the league. He's obviously older now. I think he's 35. And so this is pretty much just the Iguodala trade, except, you know, this is 2.0, except you didn't have to give up anything of value. You know, Myers was obviously done for the season before the whole ordeal happened. He wasn't going to be a part of the rotation regardless, right, even if he did come back. And now all of a sudden you have somebody who you can pretty much trust to play there and play those minutes there, uh, you know, guard forwards and kind of take up those minutes, right? And I think we you've talked about it throughout uh, throughout the day on Twitter is like now you have somebody who you can throw on Kevin Durant. It's not that he's your best, you know, Durant defender, but it's that you don't want Jimmy or Bam defending guys like that all game. And I just think like having another defensive player there who can sink open threes. And I, and I feel pretty good about that part as a guy who's pretty much done that for his whole career and taken plenty. Like, I just think he fits pretty, pretty cleanly into that role. Now he doesn't bring you much outside of just taking open threes and playing great defense, uh, but that's pretty much what they need from him. Yeah, and, and I, you know, again, I think limited role um, that can grow as you get into the playoffs, playing more minutes, and it's similar to the way they viewed Iguodala, but now they have basically two players to throw at it. I like the move. Um, to me, it's a no-risk move. And he's you know, a better shooter than Iguodala, for next, sure. 
Yeah, well, let's not get to the next part of it. Would you have traded? I, everybody was mocking me about giving up a first round pick for PJ Tucker. And essentially, I mean, it was a pick swap, but essentially that's what the Bucks did. Um, would you uh, would you have given up Akpala to get Tucker? It's really, really tough. And I think you could you <laughs> I, I'm going to say no. But then I feel like in, in a situation you could have actually pushed me to saying yes. But given the context that they already felt like that, they, that you know, the reason thing could have happened. I get why they're like, no, let's just go for the cheaper option. But to me, PJ Tucker was the best defensive guy out there. Maybe him and Thad Young. So to like those, that, that's the really that's the one thing he's got over Ariza. I think uh, Tucker is somebody who could play up one one more position than Ariza can. But I understand like backing out of that because of having the Ariza deal there at such a lesser price, not having to give up one of your young guys there, and technically giving up Casey Okpala is giving up four second round picks. So would you trade four second round picks for PJ Tucker? Well, it's funny that that was supposed to be the price, right? Didn't we hear that? The Tucker, that they were looking for three second rounders. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Here, here's what I take out of that. Okay, there's a couple things, um, and I did tweet about this. First, it does show you that the Heat value Akpala. So they're, they're not viewing him as just a throw-in, and we've seen that lately. He got minutes again tonight, although somehow he played over 20 minutes, didn't have a point or a rebound. But they, they clearly do still value him to some degree. But it also tells you this that they've been having conversations with Houston. Okay. Cause we know about the conversations with Harden that ultimately didn't go anywhere because there wasn't a match, but then they continued to have conversations with Houston to make this deal. Houston obviously likes Akpala because they asked for him. According to our reporting, the heat didn't do it, but it does mean that the Oladipo thing, which is still out there. And I know that the heat's preference is basically wait till the end of the year and get him for free. If he wants to come here, wait until then. Okay. But it does tell you that if a trade has to be made, that Houston does have some interest in this player that they've already asked the heat about. And I'm sure that they've had conversations about Oladipo here along the way. Okay. Well, I know they did, but Clearly, those have, you know, at least advanced to the point where other players got involved, but not Oladipo. So I think that's something to watch um, here going forward. And I do think it ties in, Alex. I know you've been a Depot supporter and I'm a little bit more lukewarm on it, um, but it does tie into what we talk about in the first half of the episode because Oladipo is not a knockdown shooter. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But he is a more consistent scorer when he's healthy than anybody that he'd have in the backcourt. And, you know, I just wonder, you know, you can tell that the Heat are moving forward this year with the idea of competing in the Eastern Conference. You make this move today because you believe you can compete. It's a small move. It's not mortgaging the future, but it's something. I know they're still in on the San Antonio situation with Rudy Gay, possibly uh, LaMarcus Aldridge buyout. I don't know about DeRozan because I don't really think San Antonio is going to go that direction, but they're clearly monitoring that situation too. So... I wouldn't rule out the Oladipo thing. I think their preference is to wait, okay? And I know that there are some in the organization who are not as big on him, but the conversations with Houston have obviously been ongoing, and obviously there's at least one young piece that Houston likes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get excited when you say things like that because just the fact that, you know, Oladipo's price doesn't seem to be – uh, as high as it was before, I just keep it keeps. I mean, I, I hope it keeps coming down because that's a guy I think I would love to snag at a, you know, a, a trade price that just isn't that much. And I, I get why the Heat would want to wait. Like, I, I don't think of it as an easy decision at all, Oladipo, although I think of him as somebody who would 
fit theoretically and because of his skill set into what the Heat do and possibly take them another level as a guy who can collapse, like plays for others, defend guards. Like I do think theoretically he would fit in great. It's just about like, well, if you trade for him, if you sign him, are you are you going to be willing to pay that price, right, in free agency? I don't know what he's going to demand. I Like I just – everything feels so up and down with Oladipo as far as like what to expect from him in the offseason and what to expect from what he's going to offer. I mean, I'm sorry, what he's going to demand as a free agent because to me the talent is there and I know the the efficiency has absolutely not been there in Houston. I just – Houston is not a good team. I saw that stat that, you know, they won – they'd lost like 17 straight games without Christian Wood. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, you can't win a game without Christian Wood, like I just think that that's a, that's a sign that you're definitely not a good team. I wonder if, you know, that's somebody who you can get to get re-motivated. But I know Oladipo's been hotter as of later. I see him making these jumpers, having games where he hits four threes, and it gets me excited because I do think he'll be a really nice fit. And, you know, now that they have Ariza, um, just another guy that they can add to – switching defenses once they start going back to that in the playoffs as we expect them to do and Oladipo once again fits right there too so you know by no means is it an easy decision but man I I think I'm I think I'm on board yeah I know you're on board I mean he's a rhythm scorer right and so you know it's kind of like Dwayne used to talk about he's a better shooter from the outside than Dwayne was you know from from deep but you know, Dwayne used to say, I'm, I'm a shot maker I'm not necessarily a, a shooter and I think when Oladipo's on he's a shot maker but again, the question is, how healthy is he Is he, and how consistent is he going to be? But the Houston conversations going on, once you develop a relationship with a general manager, everything's getting talked about. Everything's getting talked about. And so that's why I would certainly watch it. We know that Riley has a relationship with Pop. Um, so watch the San Antonio situation pretty carefully, too. And, and don't take your eye off Toronto. Um, they're not playing well, <laughs> particularly well right now. And so the Lowry thing is still kind of hanging out there. And again, I do think this has been a little bit of a trial period with the Heat guards to see if they could get consistent. And the consistency has just not been there. Defensively better, no question, but offensively just too many nights like tonight. All right, check out our sponsor, Seltzer Mayberg, onecalllegal.com if you've got any kind of legal difficulty. Um, and obviously, chase signs and graphics if you're anywhere in Broward County. I didn't mention them during the show, but mybookie.ag, use the code five and enter their March Madness tournament. The tournament is actually starting on Thursday. I know nobody in South Florida actually recognizes it, but it's actually going on down uh, all across the country. So go to mybookie.ag, spend a buck, enter their tournament. All right, have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.